Warning, the BroCR Supercast contains adult content, explicit language, and questionable judgment about the sport of obstacle course racing. You've been warned. We tried. We did it. We tried. Welcome to the BroCR Supercast. It's like a podcast, but also super cool. Now let's dive into the mud and see what's going on this week in the world of obstacle course racing. And welcome to the BroCR Supercast. Woo! Hey, hey! Hey, Leah, how's it going today? It is going. I am super excited. How are you? I am great. So I'm super pumped, I guess. Um, yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of the BroCR Supercast. Um, good times. Yeah, we are super excited to bring this to you guys. We have been hearing uh, the feedback loud and clear. We've been told over the years. You know, podcast, we need to bring a weekly voice, and here we are. Um, this is going to be a learning curve for us as well as you guys, and we're super excited to have you guys tuning in. And, um, you know, we, we aim to be source of OCR fun and truth and, you know, see what's going on in the world. You know, we've been told many, many years, I've had many people just say, you know, oh, just put your content and just, just cut the audio from it and make it an episode. I'm making a podcast and put it on that. I was like, I don't know how to do that. I don't want to learn how to do it. <laughs> and, um, but I wanted for a long time to do this correctly. And I think I told myself in 2019, this was going to be the year that BroCR finally gets a podcast. And I wanted to bring Leah in because sometimes like we're not always there, but what is something that we can do? We can't make a podcast or at least try to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. So Leah, well, I everybody... think... oh, go ahead, Leah. No, I said, I think everybody is in the same position, especially after, you know, busy race weekends, you know, the chatter's going and, you know, it's, it's tough to keep up with everything and, you know, discuss all the results and what's going on in the world of the sport. Um, so I think this is going to be a really fun forum to kind of hash out what's been going on within the sport, what's going on at specific races and talk to some awesome people within the sport and influencers and, you know, spread some knowledge. I think so too. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun, and it's just a new medium that we're going to learn how to do. And one of the big things that we're going to do with this podcast is it's going to be pretty raw. It's, uh, it's not going to be really frilly. It's not going to be a lot of, you know, like beautiful background music and stuff. Uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty in your face and just kind of what's, what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, we're going to try and keep the turnaround time pretty quick on when we record these things. Yeah, that's definitely the goal. Um, you know, nothing's a bigger pain in the butt for me as a podcast listener is hearing things come out and discuss things that happened two and three weeks ago. So yeah, we don't want that when things are happening. You know, I, I hope that we can talk about them as they're relevant and then, you know, get some some opinions out there. And boy, do we have a great topic for this week. But before we get into that, Leah, um, let's do a quick if you could give a one minute background on who you are where you're from, and kind of your your history in the sport, for those who don't know you who might be picking up the podcast for the first time on our first episode. Sure. <laughs> well, I'm Leah Hensley. Um, people most recognize me on the race course, you know, yellow kilt and pigtails is kind of my signature look. Um, I started racing in the sport back in 2013, 14-ish. Um, out of the Midwest, uh, most of my races were in the Missouri, Illinois, Ohio kind of area. So you may have seen me down there. Uh, recently relocated about a year and a half ago down to Georgia. Um, I've done everything in the sport from the short sprints to the long 24-hour endurance races. 
um, and joined for up with Rocr about two years ago and been bringing some content and fun films since then and met a lot of really awesome people along the way. So kind of me. Yeah. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. I've been really, really blessed. And the Brocier team has been blessed to bring Liam on board just to get another, another viewpoint and just kind of grow that family that we have. And bring some um, girls amongst the bros. I, you know, it was really hard when we, when Amber went to Alaska, I'm yes. not going to lie. It was a big, big shock for me and Bill because we had somebody that was traveling with us and doing a lot of these stuff. And Leah doesn't always travel with us. She'll meet us at some of the races. Mm -hmm. But it's it's one of those things that when you travel together, it's a lot easier to make content. But when you're apart, it we've had some hiccups. And even this weekend, uh, Bill had some hiccups with not having uh, a camera guy there or somebody else to help create this kind of stuff. And it's it's definitely tricky. Yeah, I, I've definitely learned after, you know, trying to cover and film some races by myself. It's it's tough. And, you know, having a good team is is awesome. But when you're solo, you know, it's it's hard. Oh, it's way, way more technical. Um, so some background on me, Jacob Bosecker. Um, for those who don't know me, I've been in the sport of obstacle course racing for about I think this is my seventh or eighth year now. Um, I've been doing primarily Spartan races and a variety of different distances. Um, I started the Bro CR review with Bill Brumbach years ago. Um, this is our fifth season of it. Uh, it's a video series, a web series, if you would, over the sport. And we just go to races, have a good time, compete, um, tell stories from everybody in the mud. My day-to-day -day is I am an engineer for a Fortune 200 company. Uh, it's, it's one of those things, actually, recently somebody asked me, and it's kind of my personal life's been getting out a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm an engineer, and I play a bro on the internet. Um, <laughs> pretty much pretty much um i live here in columbus indiana i design engines for a for a big company and yeah i just have a good time but i love this sport it's changed my life i can i can say leah i'm sure feels the same way oh, it's really good sure. her a direction and i guess in that we can start diving into the mud here we can so we've been talking about doing this podcast now for quite some time and you know, trying to figure out uh, what are we going to talk about for the first episode and, you know, what, what's there going to be to discuss and boom, thank you, Spartan Race. Yeah, they gave us quite a conversation topic this past week. Yes, sir, they did. So did you get to watch all the live content? I watched, when it was going live. I did, I, did, I did not watch the whole thing. First of all, for those who um, are under the rock of OCR, what we are talking about right now is the first race in the national series that occurred this past weekend down in Florida. Um, and There's been a ton of stuff that happened before this entirely for the season to set up though. And I, man, we can make like episodes and episodes on that, but we're going right. to pretty much talk about kind of the race. Right. Um, so just so it's, specifically it's this 20, race. Yeah. It's 2019. We have a new point series. We have a new qualification system. Mm -hmm. We have the season starting now in Jacksonville earlier than it's ever started in the seasons, like mm -hmm. earlier than ever. And realistically now, Spartan is the only, well, there's a few other companies like Savage and stuff that are, mm -hmm. uh, has prize purses that travel, but Tough Mudder is out of the prize purse game and mm -hmm. Spartan's how you make a living if you're an elite athlete. Yeah. They, they've created these different series that racers, you know, from various disciplines can choose from, whether it be mm -hmm. a stadium series, a mountain series, the national series, um, with the idea that you complete so many races, specific races, um, and depending on your placement throughout the season, you rack up points. And at the end of the season, at the final championship race, based upon the points, 
large prize purses are rewarded to to the winners. Um, and we're talking thousands of point? dollars. $8,000 for first place men's and women in this U.S. national series. So, yeah, that's pretty darn substantial. If Tough Mudder taking out their money, that, I mean, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure with, with Tough Mudder gone, that's, I think, the largest payout that we have now in the sport. Am I right? Uh, well, no, no, One no, of no, the no. largest? One of the largest. Uh, you know, the, the Spartan Race World Championship is, is higher. Right, it's uh, still that, Spartan series, though. I mean, I don't think there's anybody else out there besides Spartan that's paying. Spartan kind is of given money. paying the most money in the sport. Yes, period. Next song. So, uh, what's interesting to me that I've learned in looking as you know, all of these race series have been announced um, the past you know month or so. Um, one thing that I noticed was different this year was that it was an all or nothing when it comes to these series races. That used to be, it was, say, five races, but only four of them counted. So that allowed a racer to have a bad race or not even show up to one. Um, And they didn't get hurt in the series because everybody was allowed one gimme race. That's not the case this year, right? Nope, it's out. Man, that's, it's been one of the things I've, people might have seen, like, a few of my comments on there. Spartan had this, like, every race counts. And I would kind of like throw yes, yes, every race counts within that series towards sure. that structure. That's that's the big getcha, and that's I think that's kind of a marketing ploy now that people like mm-hmm. doing. They give you like a little picture of it, but not the whole thing. Right. Like, and it's it's been a thing we've seen all year with Spartan, like with the Would you lift this rock for two million dollars? Two million dollars, sure. <laughs> I'll lift the rock for two million. Right. So and you're creative like, yeah. marketing, that rock. <laughs> but when you boil it down and you break it down, the, the bottom line is in, in the national series, there are five races to complete based upon your finishing, you know, placement of those five races, you're given points. And at the end, whoever has the most points wins the money, right? Yep. Bingo. All righty. So we they kicked new, it off they have a new this point weekend. Series, and it kicked off this weekend in Jacksonville. So, for those who were not watching live, now, did you watch Which, it live? By the way, Leah, by the way, huh. I just thought about this right when we started. You should have been there because it was close to you. I uh, know. <laughs> I should have. However, I was, wearing, on you here. <laughs> I was wearing my other job hat of being a cheer okay. mom and my okay. daughter being a competitive cheerleader. I was off doing that. Which can be okay. quite as brutal. Um, let me tell you, it can be just as brutal as Spartan racing. <laughs> I can imagine. I can. It's a busy weekend, I'm sure. Yes, yes. So now, did you watch the live race? So I caught portions of it. Okay. And this is, I was going out for, so people that are following me personally on my own channels, um, I've decided to do endurance this year. And Leah got me into coaching with Dennis Welch. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Dennis here. Uh, great endurance coach, works with a lot of high-end names like uh, Becca Hammond and mm-hmm. uh, the Atkins. Kelly Schweiker, the Atkins, is, yes. There's, there's Phenomenal athletes. Yep. Uh, he's He's been training me, and I have decided to fully embrace that lifestyle. So I was going out for my Saturday morning long run. Okay, um, well, I was sleeping, and well, I was <laughs> trying to sleep in, but I woke up and I did catch the end of the race. So I did watch so- it live. So um, I caught, I, that's funny because I caught the beginning of the race. That's funny. I was up my <laughs> well, we can put it together. So for those of you who were not watching live and have not seen the millions of snippets out there circling the internet, um, basically what happened, the men's race, you know, went off and everyone's racing through. Um, competitive, just as always. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we get toward to the end of the race. We've got drone footage, which is unique now. We started this live coverage last what last year, maybe the end of the year before that. Two years, yeah. It's been yeah. two years now they've been doing live coverage. About because two years the of this first live year they had NBC doing it with them. Right. So now they're doing it themselves. Um, yep. Which, you know, for those of us who are, you know, race nerds and want to see everything going on, it's awesome. So you're, yeah. you're seeing live footage of these elites tackling these obstacles and this terrain in ways that you are like, how are they doing it? So it's really cool to see that. Um, and you have announcers and it's, you know, becoming a legit sports broadcasting thing. So, you know, we're seeing this traction going, which I think has been really awesome. But now we're learning there's some other consequences to this. You know, it's just like trying to create this podcast. There's always going to be learning things, that, things you can learn, mistakes that you make, and mm-hmm. just just like videos. GrowCR started our first year. We ended our first year with, I think, 500 or 600 followers. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've done better since then, but it's still yep. like we're growing. And you've got to learn from these things. And Absolutely. there's always growing pains. So we're watching this live footage of the race. We get to the end of the race. The final obstacle is the A-frame cargo net. Yep. And first, pretty place, hard obstacle, really, though. It, it is. It, I think. <laughs> I think. I think it can be something that people just don't think about. You overlook it. You, you know. I mean, everyone's focused on twister and bender and all these other difficult obstacles, and it's just an A-frame. Yep. So we, the, the final, you know, the final leg of the race is up and over the A-frame, sprint to the finish. Um, yep. First across the line is Ryan Kempson. Yep. Blazing fast. Totally surprised the field. Totally, totally separate discussion by itself, but I don't think yep. anybody predicted that. Uh, you know, I didn't, right. I've, I've known the Kempsons for, mm-hmm. since I, since I started and they've always been phenomenally gifted. I've never sat down and talked to either of them. Yeah, I haven't either. I don't think anybody would count them out of the top, but I don't think I heard, at least personally, anybody placing them at the top for this race. I I did not count on them for this race, but I've always have never counted them out. Right. So Ryan Kempson comes across the finish line, clear-cut winner, no problem. Yep. Um, so then we get to second and third place and we Boom, see photo finish. Right. We see a battle between Ryan Atkins and Ryan Woods. They so, are side note, Ryan Woods is also the reigning champion from last year at the national series. So everybody yep. is looking out for, for Woodsy this year. Because this was his paycheck. Absolutely. So he comes for this race. The two the two Ryans are racing to the cargo net. No, no. By the way, by the way, I want to go ahead and make this statement. Mm -hmm. The day before, they had just announced the pro team, and we also had another groundbreaking thing happen. That's true. Both those boys, for the first time ever, just got announced to be on the Spartan Race pro team. I don't think anybody would have predicted Ryan Atkins in a Spartan team uniform. I would have never, never have. uh, We've seen him on Battle Frog, on Tough Mudder, on everything well and... everybody knows there's been some beef there in the spartan world with with atkins so yeah. i think it definitely took the world by surprise seeing that announcement yeah so anyway they both hit the cargo net so they hit the cargo net and they both scurry up the net as quickly as can be um Oof. ryan atkins on the right ryan woods on the left they both go up looks like ryan Woods just edges atkins out over the flip 
They come down the cargo net, sprint to the finish, and Woods takes it by, like, hairs. Hairs. I mean, barely. I mean, it was, Atkins turned it on, but just couldn't, just couldn't pass. So, the race is over. It's a Ryan sweep on the podiums. Kempson, Ryan, Woods, Ryan, Ryan. Even a Ryan in the follow-up for fourth place. That's true. Ryan Kent bringing up for fourth. So, clearly, I should have named my son Ryan if I wanted him to be an OCR <laughs> athlete. <laughs> so, the race is over. We have our podium. Yay! And then... Woo, good team. But wait. <laughs> what happened, Leah? Wait. He touched the truss. What's the truss? Well, the tr- that's the question. And that is our million-dollar question of Brocier episode one. What's a truss? Yeah. So, apparently, the silver structure that holds the net in place is the truss. And okay. racers are not permitted, per Spartan rulebook, to touch the truss at any point going through the obstacle. Which I understand. Like, they can give you a competitive advantage. But what about the, the silver bar that goes through the middle of the obstacle? Not, not the vertical one, right. the horizontal one midway through it. I don't can know. Touch, is that a truss? What about the very top that you reach over to get over the other side? It's shaped exactly the same as the side ones. Is it that a truss? It looks the same. How about the base at the very bottom that people step on to stabilize themselves where the, the net's connected to? Is that a truss? All looks the same to me. Technically, all of those are trusses. Now, Jacob, how many Spartan races have you run? I'm looking at my metal rack right now, and there's a lot. Let me tell you right now, Leah, I have touched a lot of trusses. I <laughs> personally have touched my fair share of trusses as well. So, at this point, they... Now, there was another guy, Hunter Russell, right? hmm So, he also touched the truss, and there was some questions on him redoing it, Um. And, and this is this is a big difference. We're saying he touched the truss. I want to go back to this real quick. Mm-hmm. He did not run up the truss. No. He did touch the truss. I would say the center truss running vertical twice. From what I saw. Mm-hmm. And did it give him an advantage? Maybe like the slightest advantage I've ever, like a little one, not... <laughs> Well, so this raises the question, and and I think what the whole situation now boils down to is now you have people reviewing this, and they're saying, oh, it was an accident. Oh, it was on purpose. It didn't give him an advantage, but it did give him an advantage. You know, so it's like motive behind it, and was there motive, and was there not motive? But that makes, that allows the viewer to watch it now that we have live coverage, but at the same time, in my opinion... Those opinions don't matter. There's one person that matters, and that's the official. Well, and funny, was there an official there at that moment monitoring it? There was a lot of people watching. There was. But did we have the official? And I've I've not personally seen where Robert Coble, who was the head official there that day, um, and one of the the always guys runs that sport as far as officiating. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was no question at the time. Right. And that's where, you know, that that's where the ultimate debate comes down to, in my opinion, because now what we have happening, you know, in in my opinion, Spartan making that late call after the game is over, you know, it's 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 reversing it and now opening up a huge box, because now what are we seeing this morning on the Internet? Now we're seeing 
more screenshots and more of snippets other of other competitors. Yep, doing other things that are questionable. Guess what? There's been questionable stuff for a long time. But well, I guess my point is we've seen this now. It's not so much like, did he do this? Did this guy do this? Did this guy mm-hmm. do this? What we need is consistency in the rules. Correct. I think all these posts this morning that I'm seeing of, you know, DQ this athlete and this particular person and look at this and screenshots and snippets. All that's doing mm-hmm. is just degrading the sport down to, in my yeah. opinion. I and, think, and more so the people, too. Right. I think live coverage is an awesome thing. I think this drone footage is fantastic, but for people to use it as Monday morning quarterbacking and now calling for changes and results and DQs, like, what are we doing here? Well, it's like, and, but also to, to another point though, I would like to go ahead and say to Spartan though, like mm-hmm. them being like, okay, well, we've got to make a line in the sand. We're, we're doing this now. Mm-hmm. You know, just last year at the world champion at the North American Championship, Killian, um, there's the question about the sandbag. Yes, the male female sandbag gate. Mm-hmm. And then you look back another year, the first race that they had. Where was it two years ago? I forget where it was at, but it was a rainy day, and it was the first time we saw the Yokohama tires. Oh yeah, with the slipping and, and the extra fabric and the shirts. And- no, 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 no. The first first one we saw, Ryan Adkins was directed to a women's tire instead of a men's tire coming oh, through the tire flip. Oh, I don't think and I remember he, that one. Yep, he flipped a women's tire instead of a men's tire. Because I, I remember watching it, I was like, okay, here's that tire flip. Whoa, that went up really easy, or Ryan is getting really strong. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both, but yeah. And probably both. I wouldn't put it past Ryan. Right, right. <laughs> um. But no, it's it's this wavering in the rules now. And right. so the thing that we this house of cards that we've built for ourselves now in the sport, um, it doesn't allow for error on anyone's part. And that includes, you know, Spartan race. Well, I think ultimately it comes down, you know, you have to look at where the responsibility lies. Everybody's out there now crucifying these athletes this morning. Um, yep. And, you know, in my opinion, we need to look at the guidelines that they're practicing by, you know, essentially by DQing Ryan Woods, referring back to what we were talking about, this kills his season. Yep, absolutely. So now here's the question is, does he go for like the national series? Does he go for the stadium series? Does he go for the mountain series? Well, I mean, I guess it's lucky. I mean, it's a good thing for him that this happened at the very first race and the other series haven't started yet. That's that's very fair. You know, um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a blessing, I guess, in disguise for him that he does still have other options. But when you're talking about an athlete that builds their whole season around a specific series, and now that whole series is dead in the water. It, but here's the craziest part that I was talking to some people last night. Just because the payout is still 10 deep at this race series, mm-hmm. he can make more money even just continuing this race series. Assuming and he's placing in the top he, 10 every race, which... Then the know. other race series, yeah. Right. Uh, it's it, it's going to be a tough call for him. I'm sure it puts it a pretty bitter taste in his mouth, that's for sure. I wouldn't be happy. <laughs> so, I mean, here's the thing that, you know, everybody's now saying, you know, what should be, you know, what should happen, what should happen. And my, you know, my thought is, first and foremost, we need to prevent this kind of crap from happening again. Thank and you. if Thank we're you. talking about a sport that 
were trying to legitimize and trying to put in the Olympics and whatever else goals we're trying to have here, first and foremost, if you're going to have rules about every specific obstacle, I think there needs to be an official at every single obstacle making those game time decisions, just like you do on every other sport. And I think that they, I've talked to other officials about this, and maybe I'll get a like a mini-sode or something with Chris Chapman here in a few weeks because uh, I'm going to his house this weekend because mm-hmm. he's one of the officials that Robert Coble calls in regularly. Right, right. Um, but they put they put the cameras on kind of what they consider the high-end obstacles to understand the burpee pits there, like spear throw, right? Um, Twister. Multi-rig, yeah. stuff, stuff you'd see there. Probably the new beater now. That's pretty regular. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you need like – do you need an official on an eight-foot wall? Or a mud pit? Maybe, maybe not an official, but definitely a knowledgeable volunteer. And that goes back to last season where we had horrible, horrible practice with volunteers. Absolutely. Um, volunteers, we, um, Leah and I both went to the Attica the first year they had the, uh, they called it the Chicago Beast, but mm-hmm. it's the Attica Beast. It's in Indiana. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and the volunteers were few and far between there. Oh, my gosh. There was segments of that race. I ran age group, so the elites had already come and gone. But I'm still racing competitively in the age group categories. And there were miles that I didn't see a soul. You know, one of my the, the point where I finally jumped in, though, was in later that day, I sat there and they had one volunteer between it was Olympus and the monkey bars. And it was not a pretty day. No. It was wet it was and a, it sloppy was and gross. Rainy and cold. And I go over to the monkey bars, and there's one guy kind of standing between the two of them, just kind of looking at everybody. And there's people climbing on top of the monkey bars there, oh cold gosh. and wet. Yeah, like walking atop the trusses. Because that's bars. a great like, idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're going to get a lawsuit on your freaking hands. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but that's why we need officials. And mm-hmm. it's Part of it's, you know, to, to make sure we play a clean game, but part of it's for safety. Well, what do you say to the, 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 the whining and the crying that you hear? Well, we can't get anybody to volunteer and we can't get anybody out here. We're doing the best we can. You know, you might have to pay for some, pay for some officials. Mm-hmm. You might I have agree. to look like that. And it's, yeah, we don't want to hear that, but. Well, you know, but then what's the better people. scenario is that, you know, the position we're in now, is that any better? You know, we've got all this money coming out to prize purses. We've got money out to announcers and drones and all this other stuff. I think that at the bottom, you know, bottom line is, is if we don't have a legit sport to film and race in, then <laughs> it doesn't matter how pretty our video footage is. That's pretty fair. And it's it also goes down to the self-policing aspect that I don't like. Right. Um, now, self-policing your own burpees, that's one thing. You know, that's mm-hmm. – you should know what proper burpee form is. That's fair. Um, but self-policing yourself on – you know, you're in the middle of the woods and somebody jumps up on one of the sides on – uses one of the support members of an eight-foot wall. Yeah. It's not, you know, is it poor form and bad taste? Yeah, but I mean – is there going to be an official out there to stop you? No, then it's just, you know, runner versus runner credit. Well, I mean, at the end, of, but there's a problem there. You it know, is. I, I hear is. you. I hear what But that's saying. where I'm saying you need a volunteer. It, it doesn't have to be like a paid official or anything, but somebody there saying, hey, you don't use this. Well, someone who's going to have the balls to speak up then and do that. How many times have we been to a race where we see a volunteer sitting there eating their snack and not paying attention? Exactly. And they're there for a free race. Right. 
that's that's it. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I volunteered at some races, and I'll sit there, and the the motive behind it was to get a free race, sure. But if you're going to be volunteering, then you need to be taking your job seriously. And I think that's where the problem is. You know, I think that the question is now, as we're getting ready to kick off this season, what do we do now? How do we learn from this? How do we grow from this? And I'm hoping these are questions that Spartan is asking, because this is huge. Yeah, this is a big, this is a big upset. And I would say it's getting better officials, mm-hmm. um, getting a group of people that can officiate right, and getting people that can take those officials and help train your volunteers correctly and empower them to not be a dick, right, but be knowledgeable and be assertive. Right. I think, I think that that, is first and foremost and i think the second prong of it is racer responsibility and accountability you know it's your job as a racer uh, there's no shame in calling out another racer correct and it's your job as a racer as you're entering a race to know what the rules of an obstacle are you know i was at the um we were at the seattle race last year and I really, really fully believe in calling out other racers when you're in the middle of a race mm-hmm. um, on the rules. Because if you know the rules, it's not wrong. You're not being a dick. It's just knowing the, the ground rules. Mm-hmm. So we were in Seattle the second day, and I was running age group. Now, my age group was, you know, 30s. Um, and there was a man in front of me burping out of the bucket brigade. Out of the bucket? Yeah, on the bucket on a Sunday. And don't get me wrong on Sunday, but he's, this is probably a guy that wanted an earlier wave time, right? Jumps right. in elite. He's like, yeah, I'll pay 30 more bucks to get an elite. But then he's like, oh, no, I'm just going to burp you out of this because it's easier to do the burpees. And the volunteers just kind of sitting there smiling and giggling. And like, <laughs> like, I was like, dude, take his band. Right. And he's like, what do you, I don't want to start a fight. I said, it's your role as an official. Mm-hmm. That's illegal. And he knows it. Yeah. So then the guy picks up his bucket. He's cussing me out and trying to chase me down. He puts it right behind me again, and he can't keep up with me. But he was mad that he had to do a bucket carry. Well, finish what you signed up for. Yeah, you know? that's that's the key right there is finishing what you're signing up for and knowing what you're signing up for. Now, I will say, in preparation for this podcast, I went to the Spartan website to All right, girl. pull up the rule book and just familiarize myself with stuff, you know, with everything. I had a hell of a time finding the rule book. Let me tell you. It ain't easy. It's on Zendesk. Yeah. It should not be that hard for the average racer to find a rule book. Nope. But it is. It is. And, you know, we are learning time and again these obscure rules that people are then claiming after the fact, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, I'm, I'm a proponent of you're a racer. You're signing up for a race. It's your job to know what the rules are. So familiarize yourself with them. That being we have said, so I many think emails Spartan... that come to us daily, mm-hmm. daily about discounts and oh, gear yeah, absolutely. and this. recipes and workouts. <laughs> right. You know, because now we're hearing just this morning, I personally have heard three different rules in que- three different obstacles or rules in question. One was the trust issue with the cargo net. Two is going in or out or around mud pits. And three, the age group rule. Oh, the age group rule. We'll go to that next here in a few. Right. So <laughs> these are all these rules that are out there that I think 
everybody needs to familiarize themselves with, but I think Spartan also needs to take the responsibility and the role in making sure that it's out there because nothing is more aggravating than hearing than, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know. Well, well, it's, it's spelled out here and we need to make sure that it's accessible and mm-hmm. easily spelled out yep. and updated, Correct. especially when you have all these new obstacles that they're saying that they're going to bring out this year. Right. And then, like, additionally, like, we've also seen stuff with, like, they're talking about even bringing the gladiators back. Right. So we, going, even going to another weird place. Do we need to have a failure mode for the gladiators? <laughs> if you don't want to be hit with a stick, what do you do? Run and hide and scream. <laughs> do, you, do you run, hide, and scream? Or, or could, but could you literally go do 30 burpees? Just to avoid getting hit? <laughs> yeah. And that, that's a legit question that we need to answer. Well, sure. You know? Sure. Uh, I, I, you know, it sounds weird right now, but all it takes is one lawsuit. All it takes is one bad finish. Well, all it takes is yeah. one instance. Yeah, I think I think the moral of all of this is there needs to be better preparation on the front end to prevent these disasters on the back end. And Agreed. I think everybody has a role in it. Um, you know, I, I I don't care personally this morning who did what during the race. Um, because it is over now. Um, they made their decisions. They're not going to change them. But it's going to really but... suck if every yeah. It's going to really suck if every race we have this year is now followed up with ex post facto decisions. By the way, we're going to review all the footage now, and we'll we'll make. If you thought the award ceremony took a long time beforehand, just wait till now. <laughs> no kidding. So I want to follow up on one more thing uh, here with the rules that we're talking about, though. And I want to—I promised Kevin Jones, a friend of mine here, mm-hmm. who, if you know the crazy muttermuckers and some of the teams around here, uh, something I, I talked to him about was age groups now. Yep. So I want to make a point to say this on this podcast, because I promised him I would. Um, know your age at the end of the year. Correct. So, you know. On December 31st, right- 2019. Yep. End of the year. What is your age? That's the age group you should be in. At the end of the year, I will be 33 years young. I need to be in the age group of 30 to 35. And I think what's what's what brought this about, and it's coming as a surprise to some people, is that in other races in our sport, we're told to register and race the, the, the day, you, you know, the, the age group that the you are, you are the day of the race. Um, and that's what people are most familiar with within our mm-hmm. sport. Now, I will say sport. this rule, this age group rule, that this new rule about the, the cutoff date, this is not a new rule in existence. It exists in the world of triathlons. It's how yeah, it is. That. That's, it's pretty regular. Mm-hmm. And it's, but here's the thing that we have to be aware of, though, and think about and listen to very carefully is when they decide to put those age groups. Because sometimes they'll cluster them together. Agree. So some like this weekend, I know and I heard that they put all the 50s in one age group because the, the 50-year-old age group didn't have that many. The 55 didn't have that many. Okay, we're going to put them all together in one one wave here. Mm-hmm. But yeah. one of our friends here who is, you know, will be 60 by the end of the year, she should have been in the next age group. Right. And she wasn't aware of the new rule and did run she wasn't in, aware. in the younger and age what would have happened? What would have happened if she would have been if she she contested it at the end of the day and she got it removed. But if you are not in your correct wave in your age group when they do it, 30-minute penalty. Yeah. 
So everyone listening to this podcast now, be aware, this is for all races. And I'm not sure if this is on Zendesk. Yeah, I, I honestly, I remember hearing about it briefly, but I don't remember it being a big deal. And I don't think it's actually even mentioned um, during registration. That might be something to pay attention to. I actually just registered for a bunch of races and I don't remember it um, emphasizing wanna, that. If you want to compete, be aware of that start time and it very well will change if you are an age group. And the reason why this is important, I think people are starting to get up in arms about it. Like, this is stupid. It makes sense. And the biggest reason for it is at the end of the year, when we're at the, you know, the end of the championship series is, and you have these championship races, you're going to be racing potentially as an older racer than you started the year with. So it's not fair for those people who are on the bubble of an age group bump to be racing all year with one category of people and then come championship time and now they're in another. So the purpose of this rule is to be racing consistently with the same people the entire year. Yep. And I think that's honestly, I think that is a good, fair move. I agree. I agree. I mean, and like I said, it's only going to affect really those people that are on that fifth year bump. Um, we're not talking about every racer, but if you are on that bump year, you know, which may be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your categories, um, so, just make sure you know. Absolutely. So continuing then on, I want to want to bring up one more thing before we're, and we're running out of time here, kind of for what we're looking at. But I want to don't want to end this podcast from talking about Jacksonville without talking about the women's race. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Holy smokes. Uh, Nicole Miracle. Hats off, girl. Like blew the field away. What was her finish? I, several minutes ahead of second place. She, um, so Lindsay Webster, um, you know, undisputed queen of OCR right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at this time, uh, she gapped her by six and a half minutes. That's just unheard of. In That's Spartan. insane. That's something we've not seen. Uh, you know, in reading some recaps from the race, I think it was, uh, I think it was Reyes recap where she was talking about how she was feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm slow, I'm falling behind. And she looked down and they were running five and a half minute miles. Nicole was just moving. But, she was just set and she was moving. And that's the kind of gal I know she can be. Who I must point out is on the Brocier Pro Team. Brocier Pro Team. So is Woods. So is Woods. <laughs> <laughs> love them. Love them. I um, think that, you know, just without getting into the details of all the women's races right now, I think we're going to talk about them pretty often this season because what's pretty remarkable is the depth of the field of the ladies this year. It's very impressive. You know, for the past several years, yeah, there's been two, three, sometimes four names that kind of stick out to you. Um, but this year, I mean, I can rattle off 10 easily yeah. that will be in contention um, for those Every top race. spots. Every race. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see how the ladies field shakes down this year. Absolutely. So then after that, we had Lindsay come up. And then right after that, we had a neck and neck finish once again for third place mm-hmm. between Becca, who Becca's a good buddy of ours, mm-hmm. and Miss Rose Wetzel. It's been a while. I've got to say, I am Team Rose in this one for the mamas out there. She was looking mean. It's <laughs> awesome. For those of you who are new to the OCR world, 
You she may bad. not know who Rose Wetzel is, but do yourself a favor and figure it out. She, Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. She <laughs> is one of the OG girl racers and one of my personal inspirations. She is a badass. She was gone, kind of-ish, um, having a baby, beautiful little baby, um, and is back um, and just picking up where she left off. Just kicking butt. And she was here last year, too. She was. But she, yeah. was, she was rolling back in, and to see her finish that strong, yep. it was like, yeah, that's that's the rose we know. Yep. <laughs> and the first season's starting off already like this. It's, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a really fun year. Um gosh that was just great um yeah. <laughs> it's it's exciting to see that kind of competition mm-hmm. and one more thing i will say though like and i want to go ahead and say this on the spartan race front though like for women's competition they were talking about a little bit about the spear throw as an obstacle mm-hmm. and like how oh on the live cast like if you if you are a spartan race athlete you should be able to walk up that spear it's like a free throw. Yeah, I was not time. happy with that because I listened to that little discourse. And let me tell you, I bust my butt on well, these races and I hate the spear. <laughs> all, all I got to say is let's just get Amelia Boone in there and she'll give you an opinion or two on spear throwing. Right? <laughs> exactly. If you're going to be a Spartan race pro, then you should hit every single spear. Okay, let's, yeah. let's get Amelia Boone in Someone here. Someone let Amelia <laughs> know. Who also is on the Spartan pro team this year. Boone is on the pro team again. Yep, yep. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Nope. It, it, she this, is. We haven't. I heard seen somebody her. say something about Novakovich being on it too. I don't remember personally seeing that name. Oh. There were quite a few names on there. The field, the the pro team is pretty deep. Um, so, I'm not really sure. Kind of. If they've it's, got over a hundred athletes, is what I heard. Yeah, there's a ton of them. Um, are you pro team? I'm not pro team. Are you? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, when maybe, you... maybe when they go to the ultra world, we'll see how my we'll see how this training. Goes. There you go. I'm excited for that for you. So uh, it's, it's going to be a fun year. Um, you know, we we hope to to be there with you guys and bring you bring it to you guys. Um, if you have absolutely. specific topics you want us to talk about or not yeah. talk about or um, questions you have, then we definitely want to be an open book for y'all. Absolutely. Um, we want to come back and answer questions. So hit Leah up, hit myself up or hit Rociar up here on Facebook or Instagram. Um, we'll, we'll gather content for you and try and come back within a week and make something new. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So Brociar media on Instagram, I'm OCR Leah and you are Brosecker. Yes, Brosecker. Um, Leah, any final thoughts here for the week for our first bro CR supercast no i'm i'm super excited i think I'm, I'm i'm super stoked for this this podcast thing i think it's gonna be awesome um and i am so glad the off season is done i'm ready to start racing i'm i'm ready to start racing too so anyway big thank you to all of our viewers um you want to give any shout outs to any sponsors that you have or any any content or gear or anything well shout out to to sport kilt they um are the provider of the kilts I race in um also pickle juice sport um and ultra racing I'm new to the ultra red team this year so um loving my shoes awesome I'll go ahead and give a shout out real quick to human octane uh some of the best OCR gear out there if you're looking for something next level and makes you feel like a superhuman while you're running in it that's the gear you're looking for um and spoiler alert there might be something fun coming from them there, there's just a few weeks we're going to have some fun stuff with Human Octane coming out. Um, also, uh, I'm an ambassador for Powerful Foods. 
They were an, they were a uh, vendor here at this past weekend at the Jacksonville race. Check them out. Uh, we've got a code. We've got a lot of codes there on the BroCR site. If you check us out on Instagram, use that code BroCR at those places. It'll save you some cash. Um, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. It was fun. We'll talk next time. Peace, guys. This has been the BroCR Supercast, powered by BroCR Media. A big thank you to all of our sponsors and viewers like you. Thank you.